Well, I thought it was fitting as we're in our series called Our House, and again, just what more, how more <laughs> is it, much more is it than, you know, to, to dedicate some of our, our babies here, and to do a forum one day, it's such a gift from the Lord, and something for us to definitely be excited about. Well, uh, we're going to jump into just the message today, and um, I'm going to do my best to, to stay on track and on time here. Uh, I got a lot I want to share, but I understand we've just had a lot of great things going on in the service, which is wonderful. So, um, so as we begin our time, though, uh, here in the scripture, I uh, just want to begin first, just uh, again saying a big welcome to everyone to, to for being here. And you know, it's, we took a gap last week. We had our family service, our fifth Friday, our fifth Sunday family service, and so we took a, a, a break from the the series we were in. But we're we're on the last one today of this our house series, and uh, the last two. You know, prior to last week, you know, a few weeks back, I spoke on cause, and we're talking about kind of again just here at the church and what the church is going to be about, and part of the vision process and what we're doing, and in, in that is to to come up with just our our mission and our vision and what's going to you know be sort of the things that are most valuable to us in this church and how we're going to carry out the great commission and uh, cause. You know, that's the focused mission and vision. You know, what are we doing? And we talked about that. I talked about that a few weeks back, and if you missed that, you can go back and check that out. A couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Santiago shared with us about community, you know, the spiritual and relational vitality of the church and who we're walking with. And, you know, even on uh, what Billy had shared this morning and and these uh, groups called triads that are meeting, it's about building that community, building the unity, uh, even in this group, uh, in this small group that's in the church, this vision team, but also for all of us as the church and the larger community, community is, in, it is you, you have to have that in the church, you understand? It's, it's, it's vital because we have to be working together, you know? I mean, if we all, you know, grabbed a rope and we run different directions, how many know it's not going to go well at some point when you get to the end of the rope? So we all have to move together and, and, and love one another and, and move that right direction. And that comes from community. And so today, um, we're going to introduce the last term. And this term sounds kind of unspiritual, if you will. Uh, the word is configuration. It seems kind of maybe, okay, that's interesting. But it starts with a C, and the other two did, did as well. So, you know, we're wanting to keep this, this going. But configuration, and, and I like these other words that are synonyms, alignment, structure, pattern, and design. You know, it's the fu- functional ministry structures and how we accomplish basically everything we do here. And you need that in the church. I mean, even a church this size, we need those kind of that structure to support it. Otherwise, we all kind of just do whatever and do our own things, but we don't really know if we're working together for the, the same goal. You know, one of my uh, favorite things growing up, um, and even still today to see my boys pick it up, are Legos, right? Anybody like Legos? Anybody have Legos with you currently, like during my sermon? Or, Okay. But Legos are, are such a, a cool thing, you know, and I remember growing up, we didn't have a ton of money. I usually got kind of the garage sale Legos, and they were just kind of the, the red, the blue, the green, just regular ones. My neighbor, my friend, some of my friends, you know, their parents got them the really neat sets, and that was, I remember the first time I went to my friend's house and got his Legos, and he had all the, like, cool pieces, like angles and triangles and, you know, just neat things that had come with these sets. And, um, I, I, you know, it's just amazing to me, even with all the stuff that, you know, technology and things that are there, that how Legos have kind of weathered the test of time, haven't they? Um, my kids love Legos. They have tons of them. And, you know, we watched this. Uh, there's a Lego documentary, if you haven't seen it. It's really fascinating, um, uh, the story of, you know, Legos, how they began and kind of what they've become. Um, and it's, it's neat because a Lego, really, especially when you get like the small one, it's almost like that single atom or cell, right? Like it's, it's like from that you can build 
just about anything, can't you? You start and you start stacking and you bring them together and you start making something. You know, we recently uh, visited my brother in Minnesota, went to the Mall of America, and they have one of those big Lego places there. And, you know, they have like these robots and things that are like two stories tall, you know, and, you, and it looks really neat from the, the distance. And you get close and you see all these little tiny Legos that they actually put together to build this huge creation. And it, again, it's just, there's, there, it's neat because you see the picture, but when, as you get close, you see kind of the structure and the order of, of all the Lego pieces together and how they make up this amazing thing. Even in art, too, there's Lego art, you know, and they make, like, pictures. And so it's, it's really awesome. And so, you know, to see, to even to introduce, you know, even for my kids, this, this idea that there's structure and order in Legos, but even in the world and in everything we do. As many of you know, I was, you know, served in the military, and if you want to take and summarize the military in two words, probably structure and order are probably two very good words to do it. And, you know, we, we would live, eat, breathe, structure and order. Everything had to be kind of dress right dress, as we say. You know, your bunks had to be made a certain way, be tight. Your uniform had to be a certain way. You know, you even knew how to wait in line a certain way, right? You didn't, you know, you had to stand, you know, it's tension, you take a step forward. It's, it's crazy, but everything moved in order. And it was, again, it was a system that was established. And, you know, when... In the military, when, when there was movement of, of troops, whether it was vehicles or people, it was all done in an orderly manner, right? Because there needed to be. Because on the battlefield, if you don't move in the right way and in structure and order, you can get yourself into trouble. We had a lot of that happen in Desert Storm when, when our friendly forces would move too fast and they would actually get in front of our, our, our own guys and they couldn't tell who was who and there was actually friendly fire happening. And that's why there needs to be structure and order. And, and so, again, seeing that in the military and just how it played out, uh, it, was, it was really uh, fascinating to see just how, when you would get to see glimpses of how the battlefield would work. And as we continue to talk about kind of this structure and order on, on different scales, and we talked about Legos, and we talked about in the military, but even um, if you just right here in, in our own human body, if you want to talk about structure and order, um, that's a, a fascinating, fascinating thing. You know, here the heart, it pumps blood through our organs designed to receive it. Our brain fires thousands of messages per second to regulate pain, temperature, respiration, and thought. Do you guys even think about that right now as you're sitting there? No? It's happening. It's all happening. That's how amazing it is, right? This is all, you're sitting there looking at me. You can, some of you are smiling at me. Some of you are frowning at me. Some of you are sleeping already. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody yet. But it's, uh, you know, there's, your body does all these things, and we don't even think about it because it's the, the order and the way that we've been uh, assembled, if you will, and God has put this body together and built it. And to be honest, too, this is why I use a lot of times the human body when I'm sharing, you know, the gospel with somebody because it's, it's a starting point. Like, how do you explain this? If somebody really wants to say, you know, billions of years and this happened and that happened, like, do you really... Do you really believe that? I mean, th look at the complexity of the human body. You know, you know, I can look this way and I can think, just put my finger that way and I can, I can choose my finger in the direction and it's fascinating to me, all while talking, right? And breathing and maintaining all my functions, right? And so again, we see structure and order throughout a creation. We see structure and order, it's, it's wired into us in every aspect and it's because we serve a God who, who establishes structure and order into things. And so I want to look at the scripture today, and, and, you know, this is the best place to go for us to explore this topic a bit further. And so I'd invite you to turn your Bibles to Exodus 18, and to Exodus 18. And as you do, you know, again, talking about this idea of structure and order, 
And, you know, we see in the scripture, you know, structure and order burst onto the scene at the very beginning, didn't it? Um, as you go to Exodus, I'm just going to read really briefly from Genesis just to remind us. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And look at this. The earth was without form and void, okay? And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then here's this phrase that we see kind of the curious through for a bit, and God said, right? And here, slowly, one step at a time, well, not slowly in the sense of what he was doing. It was accomplishing things very amazing and quickly. But, and God said, and God, what does he do? He begins to establish order in the world, right? He puts order. There's light. And he, he, there's, there's all of these things that he begins. He separates the water from the land. And all these things start to happen. And so uh, God establishes order from the very beginning. And so in Exodus, where you're at, you know, in the Old Testament, um, during the whole Exodus movement... Even moving through the wilderness, you know, it could, it could have invited, and maybe at times it was, but a time of disorder. You think about all of those people moving across a wilderness, you need some kind of sense of order, don't you? You know, but it was amazing because instead the tribes of Israel, they would set up their camp in an orderly way surrounding the tabernacle. I don't know if you've ever seen the map of, of how it was all laid out with the tents around the tabernacle. Why did they do this? Because... The Lord said so. <laughs> it's the win every time, right? God told me. God, God told them this is how you do it. Go to, if you ever get some time, I'm not going to do it today, go to Numbers chapter 2. Go figure, the book of Numbers, right? God likes Numbers 2. And so Numbers chapter 2, and it lays out where these, the tribes are going to set up, how and, and where and the way they're going to be positioned and everything. It's all put into order. You know, because with a large crowd comes a large number of people. And as a leader, this can create a nightmare very quickly, right? If you deal with people a lot, especially if you deal with large groups of people, it, people can get squirrely real quick, can't they? And so you need to establish some order and make sure that things are moving a certain way because with people comes people's problems. And so, again, even in the Exodus itself, we see that how it was carried out was done in order. And so I want to jump in now in Exodus chapter 18. And we're going to look at, uh, beginning in verse 13, and we're going to look at a specific moment with Moses. And, and so beginning in verse 13, it says, The next day Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw that, was, uh, that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God when they have a dispute they come to me and I decide between one person and another and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, what, are you, what you're doing is not good. You and the people uh, with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. That kind of even goes back to what Billy shared today about you know, what's recognizing our limits, right? We see it happening here. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them known the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy, and hate a bribe, and, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times, Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. 
so it will be easier for you and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you and you will be able to endure and all this people also will go to their place in peace. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that you again would open our hearts uh, as we just these next few moments share just from the scripture and what you have for us. Uh, May our hearts be open and again, Lord, that it would translate to change. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, so moded, or moded, Moses heeded his father-in-law's advice, didn't he? Father, how many have done that before? Just kidding, don't raise your hand. Um, you know, the in-laws, sometimes it's hit and miss. But, uh, but here, Moses is a smart man, and so he listens to his father-in-law, and he learned this art of delegation. He established structure and order by placing leaders over small groups, right? He broke it down, and he could do it uh, and, and do it well because it was, you know, if you've heard the phrase, handle it at the lowest level, so if you work, you know, especially in the workplace, for us in the military, it was always that, you know, have, you know, if you skip the, your leader, your direct leader, and go to the next person, typically you're going to get in trouble, unless there's something with that leader specifically that you can't go to them. You're supposed to go to your supervisor, and then you slowly walk it up the chain. Everybody knows that, I hope, Right? if you've lost a job because of that, you know, it could be that reason alone. So just understand there's an order. You go at the lowest level. And so this is what they were establishing here is that, again, start here, start with a small group, lead this small group, and then it goes and it kind of works its way up. So not everything had to come to Moses. And so, you know, we see that picture and we see just kind of this setting, if you will. We see Moses do uh, exactly, you know, what his father-in-law said and, and it worked well. Also, so he wouldn't burn out as a leader. And so, you know, he had tried to do everything and not saying that it wasn't orderly, but there was a better way to do it. And he infused more structure. So now I want to, you know, take that kind of principle and that concept and that thought and fast forward a little bit all the way to Jesus' time on earth, right? (laughs) Speaking of order, time is another, another thing that God has given us. You know, he operates outside of that. But time for us, you know, you're going to start looking at your watches here in a few minutes, and you're going to hold me accountable, right? Because God has given us time. It's given us order and structure. For pastors, it's a little blurry sometimes, you know, when they're preaching. It can, it can go a little longer. But, but there's time and order. And, you know, again, we see Jesus when he was on the earth. And much like Moses, except it wasn't his father-in-law, it was his father, as we talked about earlier, that, that Jesus did things in order according to what? The Father's will. Not his, but he followed his father's will and he carried out the mission he was called to do. He called disciples, developed and trained them, and then he sent out his disciples, right? There was a process that they would go through. There was, uh, there was order to it. And one scene in particular, and a familiar scene probably for a lot of us, was the feeding of the 5,000. You remember that scene where the, the kid shows up with a Lunchable and, and Jesus feeds a crowd, Right? It's incredible. It's an incredible story. But as they were doing so in Matthew 6, 39 and 40, Jesus, it says, then he commanded them, commanded the crowd to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. You know, Jesus understood, like, we've got to establish some order here or it's going to get crazy. I mean, you know, he's over here performing miracles. And, but yet he still had to establish this order here because he knew that it would be best for the people. So we see it. I mean, everywhere we look, we see this, right? What do we see? What's, what am I, I've said it like 50 times now. We see structure and we see order, correct? And it's okay. Um, and, you know, we, we see it also uh, in the book of Acts. So, you know, a- after Jesus had gone back to heaven, 
And we see it says, that, you know, now in those days when the disciples in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, it says, in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, it's not right that, that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. And so therefore, brothers, pick, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to, to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so, you know, they, they begin selecting these men and they, they put them into this position. And, you know, what we see here is it's, there's a vital ministry here to the widows that needed to be done that was being neglected. Okay, it, was, it wasn't that they were going to nix that thing and say, well, we're not going to just do that. We've got to figure out a better way. We have to kind of delegate out. We have to establish some order. And so this ministry was no longer running well. And so they bring, we see again the, the 12, but there was a lot more disciples that, they, that had come to the Lord. Not converts, but actually disciples. And so these disciples, they call them together. And, you know, they present this issue. And the 12 Again, they understood their role and responsibility was to the prayer and ministry of the word. And so, you know, there was at a time, probably when they were much a smaller group, they could handle a lot of these things. But as growth happened, as growth came, they had to adjust and, you know, adapt to some things and, and establish and, uh, further leaders, more leaders to deal with some of these other things that were good things, that were vital things. But there had to be a delegation And so they gather this group and they say, you know, basically, who's going who's gonna to step up now? You know, we need somebody to step in. Maybe they told them, I don't know, but it seems like they, they had these, this group of people. And they chose people that were full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the result of that, in, in verse 7 there, it says this. So once they do that, right, they establish this order, the kind of the structure of how they're going to do things. In verse 7, it says, and the word of God continued to what? Is it on the screen? To increase, to spread, right? As a result, right? And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples, what? Multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith, right? So you had even these, these Jewish leaders began to come to the faith. So you see all these things begin to happen. And in, in that whole passage right there, the phrase in, in verse 1, it says that the disciples were increasing in number, Compared to, in verse 7, the disciples multiplied greatly, right? So I'm not trying to split hairs here, but I think there was a definite change because they were now, you know, they've, they've, they've spread the wealth, so to speak. They've delegated things out. They've created some structure and order. So what does this all mean for us? I'm glad you asked. Structure and order, as we've established, I think, pretty clearly, are, were designed by God. It's a good thing. You know, we need that in our lives. There's a way to go about things. There's a way for, you know, a husband and wife to, to come together and then that process of, of what happens in the order. Sometimes, a lot of times in our culture, it gets turned around, doesn't it? But there's a way that it should take place. It's important for that. God has established an order. He's established a structure. And everything, anything in life, there is a structure and order of things. And we see, again, that is, that is of the Lord. And what godly structure and order they, they do not do and this is where some people, you know, that, those two words might scare you to death. Like, the last thing I want is, is structure and order in my life. And maybe it's been abused somehow to you. But, you know, we think that it, it, 
it, it means boring sometimes, right? It's like, well, it's the same thing, you know? It's just their structure where it's going to be every day, like Groundhog Day or something. But I, I want you to think of it more like a cruise ship, right? Anybody been on a cruise? Anybody wish you were on a cruise? All right. Take me with you, and I'll preach on Sunday. It'd be great, I promise. Right on the deck with all the sun. But... Um, but the cruise ship, you know, there's, there's lots of fun, there's entertainment and going in, but how many realize that there is a lot of structure and order that's happening, even in your schedule maybe, between shuffleboard and pool time or whatever, but, but even in the ship and keeping it running and keeping it moving and making sure meals are ready and all these things, this stuff's all happening. And so structure and order can be fun, all right? It's not boring. And, you know, another thing that people might be concerned with is, well, you may negate the Holy Spirit and his leading, but I believe that, you know, with structure and order, you can do, you can, it can be a both and, right? I've seen where it's, things are so rigid and, you know, this is how we've always done it. This is the way it's going to be done. You need to leave room for the Spirit of God to do things, but you can do so kind of on the rails of structure and order. And, you know, what it also structure and order is not is it doesn't, you know, get rid of the need for assessment and adjustment, and so there are times when we establish things, you know, just like the disciples we saw, you know, they, they had to make an adjustment to the way they were doing ministry because it wasn't, they weren't able to do it that way anymore. And so there had to be an adjustment. And so for us as a church, as we talk about, again, this, this last word, this configuration, I want us to understand, again, I've, I've kind of laid the groundwork with this idea of structure and order, but configuration is the functional ministry structures at the church. And what I want to do is, and for the sake of time, I can't deep dive on these, and maybe, maybe I'll do another message and we'll really unpack all of these things. But here's kind of the picture of where, you know, for us as a church and where we want to see some of these things come about. Um, one is worship, right? Worship is an important structure that we need in, our, in the body of Christ here and how that plays out, how that looks at church. We also need uh, communications. How many appreciate that? The fact that my voice is carrying through this microphone, it's, I'm communicating to you. The fact that we're streaming online right now to people that can't physically be present, we're, we're communicating. It's, it's an important part of, again, the structure of our church. There's the family uh, portion of this, this functional ministry of, of what goes on at the church, you know, taking care of families. That's what we just did today, right? It's part of that, taking care of families. Life groups. How many are part of a life group? Raise your hand high. Awesome. So you see all this across the board. You know, you're, you're, you're in life groups. This is how we get kind of connected to the body, but also how we can grow beyond just a Sunday morning. Um, there's also ministry support. There's just the kind of the, the things, the day-to-day -day stuff that needs to be done, and we need to support the, the overall ministry here, that stuff that has to be done. Um, do you know that this room is cleaned, right, on a, on, before a Sunday morning and so, things like that? So, and you appreciate a clean bathroom and just stuff being done, you know, the grasping mode. There's, there's things that have to be done here. Um, there's assimilation, and that's just a really cool word for how do people, you know, some of you may be here for the very first time today, and I hope that you're enjoying yourself, but, you know, at some point, you know, how do you, how do you begin to kind of take those steps to, to kind of get further into the church, to become assimilated into the body of Christ here at Long Grove Community Church, and that's something important. There's strategy. How are we going to accomplish you know, the mission, the things that we're going to do. And, and again, through this vision team, uh, that's all going to be developed, and we're going to kind of be bringing this down to you soon, uh, towards the end of the year, um, towards the fall time anyway, and explaining, like, what this is going to look like for our church. And so strategy. Stewardship, right? There's, you know, everybody automatically goes probably to money, but I'm talk we're also talking about your time. How are you stewarding your time? 
to the Lord and to, to, to this church. Um, but it also does include your finances. But, but again, how are we stewarding what we've been given? Um, and a big one, leadership development. We can get everybody through the door, you know, but if we're not helping people to grow and we need leaders, and the best place pool of leaders to pull from is right here, <laughs> right? That's what the disciples did. They didn't have to put an ad on, you know, Indeed or something like that, and they, they just, they were, they were leaders in the, in the group they were with because they had developed them and they were able to step into those roles. And lastly, evangelism, and that's, that is probably, again, it is, it's, it's a hard one because we want to recognize it, but it's not as a standalone thing. That should be infused into every area, every ministry, everything we do at this church should be with the mindset of reaching the lost, right? Because that's the Great Commission. And so, you know, we need, again, this, this whole thing to happen. We need people stepping up. Um, I'm excited, you know, that, so our men's ministry, Adam, are you here? There you are. Right in the back. Adam, um, he's stepped up, you know, and he said, you know what? I see a need and I'm, I'm willing to step in. So he's our, our new men's ministry coordinator, and you're going to be hearing more about that soon, and you're going to start seeing the men's ministry kind of, kind of mobilize and start taking shape uh, in the weeks and months ahead. And that's because he stepped up. Yes. <laughs> By the way, there's a men's breakfast on the 18th uh, on Surf Saturday. Right before it, we're going to do men's breakfast. So uh, put that on your calendar for food and breakfast and fun. Um, also, Lily. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. You don't have to say anything. But Lily has stepped up to, to step in for, for Cindy. Um, Cindy has kind of stepped back to focus on the, the children's ministry. And so Lily has now stepped in to, the, to lead the women's ministry. Again, somebody fairly, fairly new to the church. But, you know, she's a member now and she saw a need and how she could help and use the gifts that God's given her. And so she's stepped in now and she's going to lead the women's ministry. I know she's got a lot of great ideas and, and, and has a team there. And so we're looking forward to see what, what happens in the women's ministry. So thanks, Lily, for doing that. And we have other pieces that are, you know, these, these people are beginning to step forward and, and we see these other things and, and stuff is coming together uh, really awesome. And so we're building this team to be able to move this church and to, to, to really serve, that to see this church move forward and be effective, right? And sharing the gospel, reaching the lost and being about God's business and his plan. And, you know, lastly, you know, we see this, the vision team and those that, anybody from the vision team here, raise your hand. If you could, so you see hands across here. These are all people that are taking of their own time to, to, to pour into this, to invest themselves into this, to be a part of this, because they believe in what God's doing here at this church. And so you're going to see some really great things come out of these sessions. And as this year goes on, you know, this year is going to be an amazing year because by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot of these things up and running. We're going to have uh, just stuff is going to be moving and you're going to see just kind of how things are starting to take shape. And it, it's going to be exciting. And I pray that you'll, you'll consider prayerfully of where you can get plugged in. So here's the thing I want us to leave with today as we wrap up. Luke, you can play a little bit on the piano just to make people feel at ease that we're getting close to the end. We're really off script today, but hope you're enjoying the ride. I am. So, um, but here's the thing. I, I, want us, I want us just to take, and I know, you know, we've kind of, we've covered a lot of ground here in a very uh, short amount of time, and I would encourage you to, to go back and listen to this message, and even this series, and just really get the principles and the things that have been shared. Get it into your, into your heart, because it's, it's important. And, you know, to take away, some takeaways from today is one, I want you to recognize that it's a church you're sitting in right now. I want you to see it for all it is and understand that you are in, in this place at a very exciting time. Now, a lot of pastors will say that because, you know, again, we have to kind of rally the troops. 
But it truly is because this things are, are shifting. There's a, there's there's stuff becoming starting to be implemented. It's like you you know you're getting ready for the trip and we're packing the car and getting everything where it needs to be, checking the tires and stuff. And that's not boring. It's not. It, I mean, it is boring. Sorry, it is boring and it's it's not glamorous. You know, you got to make sure everything's cinched down. You got everything strapped to the top of the car in the car. You're doing your inventory, checking the oil, making sure everything's good. And it can you can get a little like, what the heck? Let's get on the road already. But I promise you this, as we take this time to make sure everything's where it should be and strapped in the right way and put in the right place, that when we launch out, we're gonna be able to do great things and we're gonna be able to see longevity in the ministry here because of taking the time now to establish the, those important pieces to let God bring together the team that he wants to be brought together. And so recognize that that's where you're sitting right now. You're sitting kind of at this, the beginning. You know, you're on the roller coaster and we're still ching, 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 going up that first hill, but we're about to go over the top. <laughs> For some of you, you're terrified, but just hold on because the ride's going to be amazing, right? It's going to be fun. Secondly, you know, discover where you are currently and how to move to the next step. Maybe you're here for the first time today. You know, maybe you've been here a couple times today or after the service. I don't care if you didn't sign up. If you want to stick around for the guest reception, that's the first step you take. Find a little bit more out about the church, meet some of us, have some conversations. We'd love to have you. And then from there, for those of you who've been here for a while or for a long while, what's the next step for you look like? And what's hindering you or what's stopping you from taking it? Number three, <laughs> in the way we started the service today, come ready to worship on Sundays. Church, I want to challenge you. It's not, a, it's not just to get together and just give some high fives and some free coffee out of the deal, right? Come ready to worship. Lift your voices. You know, again, if you were going to a football game or a basketball game, you would be stoked. You'd be singing and, you know, skipping on in and high-fiving people you don't even know. How much more should we be like that when we walk into church on Sunday? Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right? So that's the deal. I'm, I'm asking you, and again, we just, I know not everybody's comfortable with, I'm not asking you to be crazy and do something you're not, but just, you know, come ready, right? Be ready for what God might have. Two more things. Pray for the vision team. This weekend we're meeting, but the rest of this year, please be praying for this team as we, we again, we prayerfully uh, just, just seek God and, and walk through this process to establish the vision and the mission of this church. And lastly, I have in my notes, so I'm just going to say it, is this, get ready. Get ready with about five exclamation points behind it because things are, are, are going to start happening and, you know, we want you to be a part of it. And so, you know, you can either sit on the sideline and watch it and that's kind of fun or you can jump in and be a part of what we're doing. Amen. Amen. So would you stand and we'll pray here. Amen. You can clap. Go ahead and clap. Whoever that was, just go. Yeah. Don't, don't leave that person that starts to clap hanging, right? You don't want to be, be like that. Well, let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for this message. And God, again, this is not just kind of emotional hype, but this is uh, just a sensing, Lord, of what you're doing. There's a stirring that's happening. You're bringing people together that are, are, are of, of like minds and, and in one accord, Lord God, that want to pursue you and, and to, to see the world reached and, and, and the light spread, Lord God, your light, the, the, the good news of the gospel shared with everyone. God, we realize that as the further we go along this road and as we sharpen the edge, so to speak, God, we realize that the opposition will rise. Opposition, you know, because the enemy, again, does not want that. The enemy does not want to see a church that is, that is on mission, that is truly um, just engaging the community and, and having an impact. 
And oftentimes that starts, even that division can start within the church itself. And so God, we just pray against that. We pray, Lord God, that you will just um, make this a place, a, a body of Christ that is that we are unified as we keep our eyes on you and as we understand what it is our mission and, and, and purpose is. God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for everyone watching online that you have called them, Lord, uh, not by chance, Lord, but there is a reason and a purpose, Lord, for them being a part of, of, of this congregation at this time, even in this service today. So God, I pray that you would just open our hearts and, and God, that we would ask you, Lord, what, what, what is it that you are calling us? What is it you're calling me to do to, to participate and to be a part of what's happening? Because God, as we've seen throughout the scripture today, we can't do it by ourselves. We must do it linked arm in arm together. And God, as we do that, God, we just trust that you will meet us, that you will strengthen us, and that you will make the way and, and, and just open that path up in front of us, Lord God, that we could take ground for the kingdom of God that we can be found obedient, Lord. So God, I thank you for this time today and for this chance, Lord God, just to, to share, Lord, about the ministry here and what you're doing and just how, how just so many things are coming together. I pray that we're encouraged by your word this morning in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen.